there is nothing beyond the grace of God. There is hope in in Christ. And and it's a simple truth, but it's truth that we need to be reminded of daily. And so that's that's what I would tell someone who who's struggling. Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark students, check out watermark.org students. And we hope that this episode is helpful to you. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. My name is Kaylee Pinkerton, and today we are in studio with the one, the only, Jermaine Harrison. Hey, let's go. Jermaine, it's great to see you here in the podcast. Great to be thanks here. For, thanks for being here. As always, we got Will McElroy. Come on. How we doing? <laughs> Come on, Will. Great to see you. And today, our student guest for the podcast is Cody Polk. Come What's on. Up? Hey, Cody, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you go to school? What grade are you in? So, what does the audience need to know about you? Right. So um, I am a senior at Trinity Christian Academy. Go Trojans. Go Trojans. Yep. Um, about to leave. Well, <laughs> it's coming about to an to, end. It's coming to an end. Where are you going, Cody? Uh, the Texas A&M University. Come on. The oh, he was so Giggle. proud to say that this man <laughs> has the hat on, too. And what else does your hat say, Cody? Um, it says Texas A&M football. Let's go. Let's go. So you're playing football next year. What position are you in? Defensive end, probably. Yeah. We'll okay. see. Um, yeah. Wow, Cody, how tall are you? I am six foot eight. As, six foot as eight. am I. Yeah, right, right, we right, have right. so much in common, Cody. I'm so glad we can relate. Kaylee, are you in five foot? How okay. tall are you? Whoa, five two. Will, how tall are you? I'm five two. Yeah, she, five she's three five on a good foot. day. She's five foot. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Man, Thanks that's, for I'm five seven, and when I wear my hokas, I'm five eight. So let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Man, let's go, Cody. That's awesome. Um, but. Hey guys, usually we do a kind of an icebreaker whenever we do the podcast. We, we've done the segment of Keep Your Youth Pass Irrelevant. And uh, partially, y'all have not been making new slang. And so we're kind of running out of words. So if y'all could come up with <laughs> new slang. The are selected. Yeah, like send it our way, DM us. Uh, but the other reason and the real reason I think we're going to skip out on the icebreaker today is because our topic is probably, would y'all say the heaviest topic we've done on this podcast? Probably. Yeah, yeah. one of Probably. Yeah. And it is the topic of suicide. And specifically, we want to just ask the question of how do I address the growing presence of suicide? And it really is a growing presence. I was just looking at the statistics um, earlier, and it says that in the last 20 years, suicides have gone up more than two and a half times. It is the second leading cause of death in teens. It's three times more likely in men. It is more common than homicide. And so it is the news story that I think doesn't make the headlines, but it is there and it's growing. And so it is just a heavy topic. And I know that if you're listening and you're a student, you probably know someone who is struggling with this, um, know someone who's uh, gone through this and we just want to to step in and just just say what what God's word has to say about it hear what Cody's experiences have taught him about this topic and so yeah going to you Cody I want to hear first just why I gave you a list of topics to choose from and this was probably the heaviest one why did you choose this one right so I have experienced suicide in in a way where someone has come up to me and said hey I am thinking about taking my own life or I have tried to take my own life. And for me, the first time that happened freshman year, I 
didn't know what to do. I, mm-hmm. I'd never talked about it with anyone. It was just, I knew it was a thing, but it, it was a distant thing. It mm-hmm. was not something I was familiar with. And so freshman year, I handled that in a terrible way. I didn't, didn't try and go get help with that person. I just kind of kept it to myself and I've learned and got better, but it, it, it is something that is very prevalent and mm-hmm. something I had no idea what to do with mm-hmm. the first time I was faced with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you, you share that vulnerable experience of like, man, I didn't do or respond to this the way I wanted to. And I love that this conversation in our culture has increased in the sensitivity that the majority of people have. Like I remember, unfortunately, like when I was a teenager or I mean, maybe it still happens now where, you know, suicide was a more flippant topic, something that was funny in movies or in music or even, you know, playing video games with your friends or something, you know, normal happened in your life. You're like, oh man, that was so hard. You know, I'm thinking of taking my life. And like, it was, it was much more of a a joke, if you will. And I'm sure that that's still present in our world today. Um, But I love that this 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 topic and this conversation has become um, a serious one because you're right. So many people lose hope, lose hope to the point of thinking that the best next step for them is to take their own life. And so man, if you're listening and um, you're hearing what we're talking about here, I want to encourage you on the one hand, this is a very serious topic um, that that you should be wise to not be flippant about, like with friends or in joking or in conversation. And, and on the other hand, this is a great opportunity um, to give people hope or share with them hope or give them an opportunity um, to, to have a different perspective on maybe the brokenness, the difficulty and challenges in their life. So Mm. let's go. Yeah, Cody. And I want to ask you something too, just having friends that have brought this up to you. What for the listener, if there's someone listening or if if you were to give advice to someone who, whether maybe it's depression or having thoughts of suicide, what would, what advice would you give them to do? And I think maybe the better question is what should they not do? Right. Kind of like a lot of sin struggles do not keep it to yourself Mm -hmm. because if you keep it to yourself, the devil can win. Mm -hmm. Take it to someone that you trust. And like, for me, if someone would, were to take it to me, I would, I would say, Hey, let's go together. Let's Mm -hmm. go together and get you help, get you the help that you need because you you do need help. And I would also encourage this, uh, a person struggling that, that God still has a plan. Mm -hmm. Um, it's easy to believe that, you've, you've gone too far. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just not true. Mm -hmm. God still has believed, still has a plan for you. And the final thing I would say is someone might've been hurt by hearing from, from the church, not, not this church, but from the church that this is an unforgivable sin somehow that God cannot forgive this. And that is not true. Yeah. There is nothing beyond the grace of God. There is hope in in Christ, mm-hmm. and and it's a simple truth, but it's truth that we need to be reminded of daily. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what I would tell someone who who is struggling mm-hmm. is is to one, let's go get help, man. Let's let's go find someone who knows more about this than I do because I don't know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. so good, and and I do. I think that is a essential. Um, point for us of just, Hey, how do we navigate 
the topic of suicidal thoughts and what should we encourage teenagers who may find themselves in a conversation where a friend comes up to them, like, like we've been discussing and saying, I've had these thoughts, don't tell anyone about them. And what you shouldn't do is assume all responsibility and protect their struggle and um, just start to believe this narrative that you have to be the one to save them and no one else can know. Because like Cody's saying, there are resources, there is, there are so many different avenues in which you can love that friend and it's not by individually carrying all of it and protecting their struggle by not, by not bringing more people in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even as Cody was sharing what he would encourage someone to, to not do, which is not keep it to themselves. I I pulled up our, you know, our leader handbook, like the, the training material that we give to all of the young adult volunteers that lead small groups here at Watermark. And that's literally the first thing on there. You know, like if a student comes up to you and it's like, you know, to use Kaylee's example, it's like, I have something to say and, um, you know, you can't tell anyone else, please don't tell anyone else. Like we tell our leaders never make that deal because you don't, you don't know what they're going to say. And the, the most crucial thing and very best next step might be to bring in someone else, bring in that person's family, bring in professional help just to make sure that that person is safe in this specific context. But just in any any sin struggle that a student might bring up or challenge and say, please don't t- tell anyone else, like we would say, don't don't mm-hmm. make that deal because right. um, then it, it does feel like it's all on your shoulders because you're the only one who knows and you're the only one who should know. And um, that's just not a place where um, the Lord wants you to be. So mm-hmm. and that is that is something that I'd say is very important to address what you were saying, that if someone does come and tell you that they are considering or have tried to take their own life it it their life is not on you it feels like it and especially if they say that you're the only one that knows like if they come to you and say hey no one knows this but i'm i tried to take my life the natural instinct is to believe all right now this person's life rests in my hands mm-hmm. and it shouldn't it doesn't and I would add to if you if you are a Christian, like you should in in some way expect these conversations to come to you because I would hope that if you're a Christian that you are becoming more like Christ every day, which means you're becoming more humble, you're becoming more compassionate, you're becoming more loving loving, and that door for people to approach you just grows wider and wider. And that if you're looking like Christ, then you're you're like someone who can be trustworthy, that can be talked to and does draw near to the brokenhearted. And so I would say don't be surprised that if people come to you and say that phrase, hey, no one, I've told no one this. And I would just say like the second you hear those words are the second you should just light up and be like, this is going to be an incredible opportunity to love and care for someone. And so, Cody, this topic, this conversation, you mentioned it's happened a couple times, right? And I know the first time you said you were like, I was not prepared for it, right? Right. Is there anything you did differently the second time that you wish you could have gone back to your younger self and said like, Hey Cody, I wish I, I wish you would have done this the first time. Yeah. So the thing I did is I invited people in the second time, the second time, yeah, yeah. the second time. So the first time, uh, as I mentioned, I don't, I don't think I understood the weight of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand how big of a deal it was. And the second time I was like, first thing I did was I went and talked to my dad because my dad is a much wiser, much smarter guy than I have. I, mm-hmm. I am. He's lived about 
42 more years. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you did the math real quick. (laughs) And in doing that, I realized that the next best move to do, or he led me to to see that the next best thing to do is invite Mm -hmm. his parents in on it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I went and talked to uh, his mom and I was like, hey, your, your son told me he wanted to take his own life. And I let him get counseling, and then I, I just loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went and watched TV shows, watched mm-hmm. movies. I was just a friend. Yeah, I didn't let someone else handle it, but at the same time, I let someone else be the main mm-hmm. source of advice who knew what they were doing. He went and saw a Christian counselor, mm-hmm. and that person, I, I was like, all right, that person knows more than I do. They can help more than me. Mm-hmm. I just need to be, I show them the love of Christ. Yeah. I love that. I love how you said, like, I didn't let someone else handle it. You did turn them to like professionals and the his parents, which is the correct thing to do. But you didn't. I, I think the temptation there is to, like, hand someone off, you know, and mm-hmm. forget about it. And it's like, no, that's not what we do. We do hand them and like bring other people around them. But we don't say like, OK, now you've got the counselor. Now your parents know I can peace out and go do what I want to do. It's right. like, no, you kept leaning, leaning in at. Uh, Kaylee, Jermaine, is there any other things that like practically speaking you guys would add to someone who's having these conversations? Yeah, I think I think it it this may not be like necessarily practical, but it's a way that you think and believe. Like, what do you think and believe about life? Because if you think and believe um, different from what God's word has to say about life, then when someone says that to you, you might think. Yeah, that seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Uh, But really, as you read through God's word, you know that God has a great plan for every single person. That's which is why they're alive. You know, and his plan is for life and not death. Death is an enemy. Death is a result of sin. Death is a result of our brokenness of our relationship with God. And Jesus himself came so that we would have life eternal with God, even though death is still a consequence of our sin um, and the brokenness. Um, And Jesus wants us to have life. And so taking control is of, of your circumstances in a very permanent way is never the solution because life belongs to God and Jesus wants us to have life. And so as someone who, one, that's just good to know just in general as a believer, but as someone who maybe you are struggling with suicidal thoughts, like those things are true. Like God loves you. He has a plan for your life and he doesn't want you to take your life. In fact, he gave his life so that you can have life um, and your life belongs to him. And if you're someone who's counseling or uh, counseling someone else who brought that up to you, like, that belief or that um, worldview about life is absolutely essential because if you don't have that perspective, then you're not going to be the person like Cody said, who's going to bring in other people or be a friend. Like you're going to be like, well, you know, you do you, whatever happens, happens, you know? And so it all comes back to like what your view is on life and it Mm -hmm. should be what God's view is on life. Mm -hmm. And one more thing to add is I think in this situation, especially is a loving way to, to go and get help. So I don't think it would be like your normal 24 hour, like Mm -hmm. there's a time for that, but I think this is a time where you need to be more intentional and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, you and me, let's go do this together. Like, let's go talk to your parents together. Let's go do this together. Or a trusted person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Cody, I'm so encouraged by how you 
grew in that and handled that situation because you showed Christ to that friend in more ways than you know, simply by being present, by listening and responding accordingly. And I think practically, if a student finds themselves in a conversation where someone is sharing, hey, here's where my thoughts have been and here's where they've been tempting me uh, to take action, I think listening is the first step. You know, scripture says, be quick Mm -hmm. to listen and slow to speak. This is a heavy topic with heavy thoughts. And if someone is sharing them with you, it can feel so invalidating if you cut them off and you invalidate their experiences and you instantly are like, oh, that's a lot. We need to go get help, you know? Um, And so I think being quick to listen and seeking to understand, you know, how that's been for them, how they feel um, can go a long way in showing up for those friends and expressing gratitude that they would bring that to you. Um, Because being like, I know that's really heavy. Thank you so much for trusting me with that. I think that plays into your facial expressions, how you respond, your demeanor and how you respond and truly like Cody was saying in your actions afterwards, Mm -hmm. how you respond. And so we can unintentionally communicate that their struggle is too much for us. Mm -hmm. If our demeanor is not receptive and um, if we don't express that, Hey, that's, that's not too much Mm -hmm. for me. Your struggle is not too much for me. I'm so grateful that you shared it with me yet. I care enough about you that your struggle is not going to stay with just me. We're going to bring others mm-hmm. in and I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And another thing you, you you said that I think was really good is like, if someone's telling you this, they tell you this because they trust you. And so along with the help, kind of like, like what you were saying, Will, it's not just turn it over, hands off. They, mm-hmm. they told you because they trust you, they love you. And mm-hmm. so that is a great responsibility still, yeah. you know? That's that's the reason why it's not just give it to someone else hands off because they told you they told you like they want your help. Right. Um, and that's not all on you. But uh, right. It's you're right. It's a great responsibility. So we've uh, we, I think we've all said a but can lot I say of, one more thing yeah, on, on, on that on the practicality part for someone who listens to this. I think a, a good question to ask in the midst of listening and caring for that person is like if that person just is sharing um, you know, that they have suicidal thoughts and they're struggling, like a very specific hard question to ask is, do you have a plan and do you have the means of carrying out that plan? And and the answer to those questions should determine um, maybe the urgency, if you will, of of how you would respond. I think we've all said some really good things, but I do really just want to get specific. We've we've mentioned God's word. We've mentioned that God loves those who are brokenhearted, and uh, but I want to be very specific. And Cody, we'll start with you. Where where are you turning in in the Bible? Where where can we find hope in God's word regarding this topic? Right. Um, I would first take you to Isaiah forty-one twelve. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say, "Fear not." I am the one who helps you. And so uh-huh. that that is that is very very specific. Leaves no room for doubt. Yeah. The, the Lord the Lord is there, and you're mm-hmm. in the darkest place. The Lord is there. Yeah. And it it doesn't. I know it doesn't feel like that. I know mm-hmm. it it doesn't seem like that, but it is true. Yeah. Yeah. Along those lines, I think in Psalm 23, it's kind of talking about the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep and comparing God of being our great shepherd. And in Psalm 23, four, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And like Cody was saying, just a, God's not upset. If you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, he is not frustrated or annoyed 
or views you as a problem, when darkness intercedes your life, he is with you and he seeks to guide you. He seeks to be a rod that's directing you towards freedom and healing and a comfort to you along the way. And so that's incredibly comforting for me when I think about this topic. And also even just the idea of God through his spirit supplying everything we need, being someone on the receiving end of this kind of conversation, it can be easy to be like, I need to know exactly what I need to say to love this person because this is, this is heavy. And yet Mm -hmm. it is a relief to know. I actually don't need to know because I have the power of the Holy spirit, God inside of me who can supply every need so that I can love my friends in their darkest days and their best days. And so even when I don't know what to say, sometimes the best thing I can do is pray because God through his spirit can give me the words and give me the wisdom to love my friends when they bring these conversations to me. Yeah. And I I would encourage um, anyone listening with the words of Psalm 33 verses 20 through 22. And basically what those verses are highlighting, I think, is that our solution to despair and hopelessness and, you know, uh, a lack of control is not suicide. Our solution is faith and hope in God. And those verses, Psalm 33, 20 through 22, say this. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. And so over and over, you see the psalmist saying, my hope isn't in how I can control my circumstances, how I can respond to despair or hopelessness. My hope is in God because he is the one who created me. He is the one who um, controls all of life. He is the one who's with me every step of the way. And the Psalm right next to it, Psalm 34, verse 18, it says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. So if you're listening and you are brokenhearted in whatever way that's causing you despair and hopelessness, man, I just want to encourage you that the Lord is near you and he wants, um, to help you. He wants to walk with you through whatever you might be going through. Um, the rest of the verse says he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so, man, what an opportunity to invite the Lord into your life instead of taking control of your life in a permanent way. You stole my verse, Jermaine, but <laughs> which one? Psalm 34 or Psalm 33? 34. Well, uh, that means that means that, so that we should hear yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think a couple of things there. God, loves you and cares about you. Hold on, Cody, send me a verse. I got you a backup verse. Cody's giving Will a backup verse. John 4, 4 right here. You just slid it over. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I feel like that just sums up the, the theme so well of like, it's not on you. It's not on me. It's God is in control. Our hope is in God. Uh, I, I had a friend in college, a roommate who... He tried to commit uh, suicide. And I remember thinking like how brokenhearted and late nights I spent with him wanting to care for him. And I think that verse, Cody, just reminds me of that moment I had where I realized like if I can be brokenhearted about this, like how much is God the father? Like how much more burdened and sad is he by this? You know, someone who knows like your every thought, who knows your every struggle, like if humans can be sad about this topic, like how much more sad and caring can the father be? And so I love those verses, guys. Cody, as we wrap up, is there one last thing that you would have to say to someone who's either struggling um, 
with suicide or someone who's uh, trying to shepherd a friend through this? What is just one last encouragement you'd give them? I would say that this is one of the hardest things you can you can walk through, especially at this time. One one of, if not the hardest thing, and it it'll feel lonely at times. And I would I would say that that it's it's okay if you don't know what to say. You get caught up on saying the right thing, especially with that mindset of like, oh, I got to be the one that saves them. Mm-hmm. And you get so worked up of like, oh, I got to I got to say something that's going to change their life forever. And you're not going to know what to say. Mm-hmm. You haven't gone to school. You haven't studied psychology, probably, um, unless there's some psychologists. <laughs> yeah, listen. probably not. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it'll be a shock. Mm-hmm. Even if you have studied it, it, it's, it's a, still I like I hope it would even if I had a counselor and a psychologist like I hope it would always be a shock to me and mm-hmm. sad to me yeah, yeah. I, I love that you said that because I, I think that that's really helpful um, to say our our lead pastor Blake Holmes he always says you know like when caring for someone in the midst of a crisis or a tragedy or something you know significant like resist the urge to say something profound which is what you're saying mm-hmm. of like it's okay to sit with them to be with them and your your perfectly crafted words aren't what's going to bring hope and healing or resolution it's god and putting your hope and trust in him and his work in that person's life versus um the power of your words god might use your words but you trust him and not yourself so mm. yeah i think i would add kind of final is just for the student who is experiencing these suicidal thoughts and struggling in their mind is you've noticed we've kept a pretty serious tone through this podcast and wanting to give sensitivity to this, but just to kind of speak to that student and be like, we're not carrying this tone because their struggle is the extra scary, Mm. bad struggle. Um, We're carrying it because we care for the student and just not wanting a student to believe the lie that this is something to be ashamed of that they can never bring to the light because Mm -hmm it's like the worst struggle in the church by any means. We carry the tone because uh, the way in which our mind tries to tell us in that struggle is a permanent thing. And so just speaking to that student of you're not worse because this is the way that you struggle, um, but we care for you and we want to respond accordingly. I love that. I love that. Cody, we need to get you to class, man. <laughs> oh no, take as much time as you need. <laughs> Cody, thank you for being here. I don't know if y'all knew this. This is the final episode of season five of the Watermark Students Podcast. Guys, it's been real. It's been fun. And it has been real fun. And I can't think of a better way to end it than with such a relevant topic for teenagers. And we hope and pray that this podcast will be a helpful resource for those who are listening. But we can't wait to be back. For season six. Season six. It's coming down the pipe. But as we prep and pray for season six, we'd love to hear from you. If there's topics that would be a blessing to you all to hear from, DM us at Shoreline Dallas. We'd love to know ways that we can um, serve you all better heading into season six. But Cody, thank you for helping us tie a bow on season five. It's been great. Hey, Gigamax. 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 See y'all later. (laughs)